This episode is brought to you by Moft. I love a good phone or tablet accessory, but I need them to be sleek and useful. That's why I love Moft. Moft creates portable, easy-to-use productivity accessories, which enable you to work anywhere via unique, smart design. Inspired by origami, these lightweight, foldable accessories are the perfect combination of form and factor. I have several, but my favorite is the folding stand and case for iPad. It's perfect whether I use the iPad to read, sketch, or write. It's sturdy, and the full extension makes it my own portable desktop computer. If you're looking for the perfect productivity accessories for your devices, go with Moft. For a limited time, you can get 10% off your entire purchase by going to howibuilt.it slash moft and using the code JOE10 at checkout. That's howibuilt.it slash M-O-F-T and using the code J-O-E-1-0. Grow your audience. Get leads. Sell your thing. Make money. This seems to be the formula for creators. But these are just nebulous ideas. How do we actually implement them? That's what today's guest, Anna Tutsia, is here to talk about. She's the head of marketing at ManyChat, and she'll tell us all about how we can find leads by learning about our audience, how their virtual event garnered thousands of potential customers, and helpful tools for personalization. In Build Something More, we answer the question, should you really move from Facebook to Circle? This is a really fantastic conversation with a lot of really good takeaways. And I think things that are more than just platitudes, grow your audience, but how, Anna tells us. Use automation tools to connect, but how, Anna tells us. So look for those top takeaways. You can find everything that we talk about in the show notes over at howibuilt.it slash 278. And I want to thank our sponsors for this episode. They are Moft, LearnDash, and Nexus. You'll hear about them later on in the show. But for now, let's get to the intro and then the interview. Hey, everybody, and welcome to How I Built It, the podcast where you get free coaching calls from successful creators. Each week, you get actionable advice on how you can build a better content business to increase revenue and establish yourself as an authority. I'm your host, Joe Casabona. Now let's get to it. All right. I am here with Anna Tutskia. She is the head of marketing at ManyChat. And I am really excited to talk to her today. First of all, we had a great pre-show that I didn't record, uh, but I feel like would have been really fun to share if she was okay with it, that is. Um, but I'm really excited because we're going to talk about a couple of things that I and and my coaching um, clients struggle with, which is finding leads automatically and then if there's time, we'll talk about how to not sound like a robot uh, when you are doing automation. So uh, let's bring Anna in. Anna, how are you today? Hi, Joe. I am good. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for coming on the show. I hope I said your name uh your name properly. I always All practice, good. and then uh, <laughs> when when we're on stage, I I like stumble a little bit. So I hope that was good. That um, was really good. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you very much. You know, I, I'm I used to teach in the classroom, 
Um, and I always wanted to make sure that I said everybody's name correctly because I would always mess it up, obviously, when we're in the same room. But on a podcast, I think that's really important. Longtime listeners will know I say this all the time, but I think it's really important um, because that's what, if people are listening and they hear your name, like that's how they'll think your name is pronounced. Uh, I, I met somebody who I heard on a podcast and the host said their name wrong. And so then I mispronounced their name and they like corrected me and I was like, hmm. This is why I need to make sure I say the name as well as I can with my New York American accent. <laughs> my name is not an easy one to say, but you did, did it perfectly. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I did have help because it doesn't, it doesn't look like, it's not spelled like it sounds. Well, I guess it kind of is spelled like it sounds, but um, <laughs> I definitely would have swung and missed the first time around. Um so you are the head of marketing at ManyChat. And one of the topics that we were talking about in the pre-show uh, was uh, how to find leads automatically. I think this is um, a really important topic because it's, it's, it can be hard. Um, you know, I used to think that like I, if I just tweet something, right, I'll get sales from like tweeting that link, right? Or if I just tell people to like join my mailing list, right, that'll work. But finding leads is almost the, is almost the hardest part of, uh, of running a digital business. And I'd always say, um, you know, if I can get in a room with somebody and talk to them, I could sell them a five or $10,000 website, but I have a much harder time selling, say a $50 a year membership, right? Because I can't do those face-to-face meetings. So, right. um, uh, I guess let's, let's start here, right? Um, how, how do how do we go about finding leads in general? Like, where do we? I'm I'm kind of almost struggling to be like, where do we even start to find leads? I really like that you're um, asking the question, where should we start? Because that's where that's important, right? And my answer here is always start with the basics. Like, first of all, I want to make sure that like all of your audience, you know that. Uh, are listening to this podcast, they understand, you know, the product that they are trying to sell together with the audience, you know, they're trying to sell it to. And knowing your audience is crucial. That's where you need to start, right? You need to figure out who are they, where they hang out online, what are their pain points, and how your product helps to address those pain points. And once you answer those, you know, basic questions, you want to make sure you understand also uh, what is the interest to your audience, you know, outside of your product. So you don't start, you know, with selling your product, right, you know, out of the gate. You know, it's like with dating, like you don't come up with a person and say like, hey, Joe please marry me. <laughs> you would be probably very surprised, right? At that yeah, point, yeah. you need to go through the cycle. And in order to do that right, you need to know the person. So same here, know your person, know your product and try to figure out what are their interests and then try to think what can you offer to them that will excite them, you know, that they want to get it. And then you won't have any problems with generating the leads. 
That's a great point, right? Because I think, you know, something that creators especially discusses, you know, you or any online business maybe is you want to get your audience to know, like, and trust you, right? They need to know, like, and trust you to buy from you. But it sounds like a two-way street, right? You want to get to know and at least like your audience, right? Because you want to be able to speak their language um, and, and really, um, like you said, kind of understand who they are, where they hang out and what problems they're having, because then you can effectively, and then you're not really selling them, right? You're saying like, Hey, I understand you. And here's the thing that can help you. Exactly. So first of all, I understand you. I can help you. Here is content that I can provide you on the regular basis. So let's say if we're talking about content creators, right? They would already know what content to offer. And then when time comes and you need to, you know, generate the leads, you need to get their contact information, right? So you can keep nurturing and eventually selling to them. You would know what content do they want, you know, to get from you so they can do the exchange, you know, and provide you with their contact information without a doubt. Yeah. That, and that's, I think that's really important. I think something that I did recently that worked really well was um, I started a new newsletter about podcast tips for people who want to grow and monetize their podcast, right? So I made it really clear that you already have a podcast and you're struggling to get more downloads. You're struggling to make money, right? Because, and from, I mean, to kind of contradict what I said earlier, that tweet ended up getting me like 30, 30 or 36 downloads um, or signups in a day, right? Which is more than I've ever seen on my newsletter, right? Which is usually just like, I'll send you stuff on Mondays, right? But this was like very targeted and I understand that audience. And I've had extremely low unsubscribes from that because I, I know, I know what they want and they know what to expect from my list. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And to uh, give more examples is um, for instance, last year uh, at ManyChat, we were launching a new product, right? We were launching Instagram automation and I had a goal, you know, for the whole marketing team to acquire new users, right? So we had to figure out how to do that. And the first thing that came to mind is let's launch ads, right? Because it used to be a really um, straightforward and I think short-term, you know, successful tool where you add your, you know, dollars in and you get uh, conversions out, right? But I think mm -hmm. that the whole picture and the whole approach changed a lot because the market is saturated right now. Like the ads are so competitive and it's getting more and more expensive, you know, to get those conversions. So we started thinking, you know, as a team on what are the other ways we can do that? And we started thinking about the audience, like we are launching the new product. They have no idea what automation is. It sounds very fancy, right? Instagram automation. But what on earth do you mean? What do I mm. like need to automate? Like I create content, I get my followers. That's pretty much all I need. So we figured we need to educate them. And we decided to do a summit with content creators, with educators, where 
We would talk about Instagram in general, how to grow your Instagram, how to build engagement, how to and how to do automation. So instead of running direct response ads where we would, again, like hit the audience with, you know, go get and buy the product. We started putting together a very insightful, amazing, interesting event. And we started running ads to generate registrations for that event. Mm. And the cost per acquiring the registrant was so low because people were genially excited, you know, about the conference. They were ready to provide their contact information on the exchange of getting the free ticket. And then we got to 8,000 registrants. And at the end of the day, those folks, they, first of all, they watched the content that we provided. They build the trust with the brand. They build the trust with many chats. They learned why they needed automation. They learned how to do automation on top of other topics that we provided completely outside, you know, of automation just to give that value. And then a lot of them converted into our new users. So it was so successful that this year, again, instead of like in Q1, instead of running direct response ads, we're like, okay, let's do that again. Let's go even further. And we did a conference for 25,000 people. And again, a lot of them eventually converted into free and paid users because they loved the content we provided. They loved, you know, all the workshops and they saw the value. Wow. That's absolutely incredible. Um, and I, I, I really like what you you said you still decided to run ads, but the value proposition was different, right? It was, hey, here's a thing, here's a free thing that will benefit you. And then that event kind of helped you educate your user on things that they were interested in, as well as things that that you're doing, right, to help them. Um, and I think that was probably the maybe that was the thing that brought them in, right? Because if you just said like, here's a summit on automation with Instagram, right? Maybe that wouldn't have performed as well because there's still that knowledge gap. But your exactly. event f like filled the knowledge gap and also answered questions they already had. Absolutely. Um, you're 100% correct. It's like you need to figure out what they are interested outside of your product and how can you then connect mm -hmm. it, you know, with your product so it makes sense, like, from the business perspective as well. In our case, we had a lot of topics around how to grow your Instagram. And you can't use ManyChat for that, right? But everyone who is on Instagram, that that's the number one topic they're interested about. And then the second one is how to, you know, increase engagement. Like you can use ManyChat like 50% of the time like to increase engagement. But again, another 50% of the time you can use other tools, you can use other tactics. And we were talking about those as well. And then only I would say 30% of the summit were talking about automation. Maybe even less, honestly. Yeah, that's that's great. And again, like you said, it goes back to knowing your audience. I think that a common mistake that I have certainly made, and I know that, um, you know, I come from the WordPress space originally, and mm -hmm. something that every WordPress plugin for a long time would do is right on their landing page, tell you like the programming languages that they used in the plugin. And I'm like, this is 
not useful to anybody except other developers who probably aren't buying your plugin because <laughs> they think that they can write their own, right? So like um like how like the features are not the things that or, or the things that you're most interested in might not be the things are probably not the things that your audience is most interested in. And I made that same mistake recently because um, I help podcasters of any size make money. And for a long time I was saying, but you don't need, like, I'm not going to teach you how to get sponsors. You can do it without sponsors. And then after talking to people in my audience, they're like, but I really want to know how to get sponsors. And I'm like, all right, well, it's dumb of me to ignore this because this is the main question that they have. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually interesting. I have the similar, uh, similar situation and mistake like two, three companies ago, I was, um, running marketing at the company that was called Luma Body Tech. And we did devices. One was for posture and a, another one was for running. And for the posture device, oh, yes. I'm okay. straightening up yeah. while I'm talking, by the way. <laughs> you would put it on your shoulder and when you slouch, it vibrates. Uh, and the thing yeah. is, the audience that we were targeting was, um, you know, I think on their like 50s or 60s. So, um sometimes 70s, those who were concerned, you know, with their health and wellness and they wanted to have, you know, a uh, healthy, uh, healthy back. Uh, a lot of them had back pain anyway. So all of the content was around that, like how to improve your posture, how to improve your back health, how to do this exercise or that exercise. But when we did our survey and we actually asked, like, what content do you want us to provide you? There were so many topics outside of health. They were real people and they were like, oh, dating for people who are out, like who are over 40 years old, you know? Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't remember what else, but I was so shocked about that. And we started then connecting like how posture, you, you know, improves the way you look, how it helps, mm. you know, to find um, your partner. So very, you know, exciting topics. And the engagement rate on our newsletters uh, became so much higher just by doing the survey and asking those questions. Wow, that's that's wild, right? Like cuz I, I mean, you you wouldn't have thought of that. I certainly wouldn't have thought of that. I yeah. uh not I don't want to uh make assumptions about age, but you look a lot younger than me. <laughs> I mean, I think your kids are like older than me though, uh, older than my kids, though, so maybe not, but I'm not in my 40s is what I'm saying. And so uh -huh. that would have never, never occurred to me as content to make. Um, and exactly, so, yeah. I had no idea so, at the time. <laughs> yeah. And so that brings me to kind of the next topic I want to talk about here, which is how do you get to know your audience, right? Especially if you have a smaller audience, it could feel like a one-way street. And this is especially true of podcasting, right? Um, engagement rates for podcasting are pretty low. People just listen to the episode and then probably move on. Um, so, so what do you do to get to know your audience? You mentioned surveys. Are there other methods for, for that sort of thing? Um, yeah, I would say surveys uh, is the first one. The second one is... Um, let me start thinking. The second uh, really powerful is if you ha already have your customer list, 
right? You can do the audience lookup on Facebook. I know that they're limiting it like with every year, but it used to be extremely, extremely beneficial when you would upload your customer list on Facebook and then it would give you some data on uh, what is the audience, uh, what Facebook pages do they follow, uh, honestly, like, mm. don't uh, catch me on this. I'm not sure if it's still the case because honestly, like they change it like every, every yeah. month with all yeah, the data disclaimer, security right, issues. That, yeah. yeah, all of these things are constantly in flux. This episode is brought to you by LearnDash. Look, I've been making courses for a long time. I've taught at the college level and I've created curriculums for several different organizations, including Udemy, Sessions College, and LinkedIn Learning. When I create my own courses, there's no better option than LearnDash. LearnDash combines cutting-edge e-learning tools with WordPress. They're trusted to power learning programs for major universities, small to mid-sized companies, startups, and creators worldwide. What makes LearnDash so great is it was created by and is run by people who deeply understand online learning and adds features that are truly helpful for independent course creators. I love the user experience. And now you can import Vimeo and YouTube playlists and have a course created automatically in seconds. I trust LearnDash to run my courses and membership, and you should too. Learn more at howibuilt.it slash LearnDash. The more general point here, right, is there are tools that can help you get to know your audience. I know like, uh, again, as we record this, I use Chartable um, and it gives me some basic demographics on my listeners, household income. Um, my, my podcast audience is 6% more female than the average podcast in my, in my category or whatever. So stuff like that can be really helpful. Um, exactly. If you find Another, the right tools. For sure. Yeah. Another really good one is uh, Facebook groups. So if you know what your space is, I would recommend uh, becoming a member of a lot of different Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups where you can, A, you know, have discussions with your potential audience, or you can use, you know, search bars where you can find out what people are asking there. You know, for example, if you are you know, targeting digital marketers, right? And you want to think, okay, what content do I want to create for them? Go and become a member of different Facebook groups for digital marketers and use search bar like with keywords like how, how to, you know, or different others. And you'll see what people are, want to learn more about that. that that's a very powerful tool uh, you can use. Uh, and then in general, um, try to talk to your customers or potential customers as much as possible. So create a habit where, I don't know, every week you are talking to at least one or two folks that could potentially purchase your product or who already purchased your product. You can be surprised um, people are actually excited, you know, to provide feedback because they want to be heard. They want to be um, they want to provide value and there is nothing like that that can, you know, show you, uh, your audience, like what they care about, what they like about your product, what they're excited about your product and what content do they want uh, to hear from you? 
That's so great. And you know, that's that last point in particular about making a habit to talk to your customers or potential customers has been mentioned on the show before. Um, and honestly, it could be easy as, you know, like you said, emailing your current list and, and sending out, you know, a scheduling link to be like, Hey, can I grab 15 minutes of your time? I want to talk to you about what you like about my offering, what you don't like about it. Um, I know that I uh, I took a page out of my friend Jennifer Bourne's book. She's been on the show before. I'll, I'll link it. I'll, I'll link that and everything that we're talking about in the show notes over at How I Built That It slash two seven eight. But you know, I joined a the membership of um, my target audience basically, and I got in there. I started asking questions. Um, I started answering a lot of questions, and I and then I decided I was going to offer kind of like this limited free coaching to, to X amount of people, right. Who, um, who wanted it. And a few people took me up on it. And, uh, so far about 30% of them have, have signed up for, uh, my coaching plan. So, you know, wow. that's a case where like I joined a group, I helped, I, I provided a lot of value. Um, and then the, the membership fee, that I paid to be part of that membership is almost completely paid back, right? Through these coaching calls or planning calls. Yeah, that's a really great idea to go uh, about it. Another cool thing you can do is, uh, again, for existing customers, you can create something like customer advisory board where you can, you know, create a space for, um, for those folks to get together together with you on a regular basis, let's say one once a month, uh, where you can share more information about your products or services, maybe provide something you know special of value, and then have a very candid discussion where from them you would get all the feedback. You can ask questions. They can help you, you know, with. Um, deciding on what other products can you build, you know, for your new customers. Um, That was very successful for, you know, products I either consulted with or worked with in the past as well. Yeah, that's that's really interesting, right? Because people kind of, they love the behind the scenes stuff and they love to be in the know, right? So that's like Mm -hmm. a big benefit there. But you also mentioned maybe offering uh, some sort of incentive. And and so um, that's that's another thing I want to ask you about, right? Because in in the past, I've just kind of tried, you know, I've had, I have a mailing list of a little over a thousand people, let's say. Um, Mm -hmm. And I email it, I email a, a a quick like two minute or five minute uh, Google form that's a survey. And I've traditionally gotten pretty low response rates on that. Um, Do I need to offer like a $10 Starbucks card or, you know, what, uh, what, what incentives or, or maybe what is the framing for getting a, a higher engagement rate on surveys like that? Yeah. That's a really good question. So it, again, depends on your audience um, in terms of what they value, right? So, for example, for VIP customer advisory board, the bigger incentive could be creating a space for people, you know, to be heard, to be special and providing all the newest and latest information for them. And that could be enough, right? And creating that space for them to connect with each other. 
So that's one thing. Another thing is monetary, right? So you mentioned Facebook card. Um, that's another big one, right? If you find the value in the survey and you think that you can provide, you know, something extra outside of your services, uh, then go ahead and provide uh, either like a Starbucks card, Amazon card, like whatever like is aligned with your audience. The other one is content, right? Some piece of content that at some point of time, you know, could um, like you were selling, right, for a certain amount of money and you can uh, provide that and you can say, okay, normally like the price is, I don't know, $100 or $1,000. And if you go through the survey, you can get this content for free. So for example, um, like the conference, right? If you had a conference or you had a class that you charged your customers uh, money for, now you can, you know, provide it in exchange of, you know, the survey uh, results. Be creative. That's great. I was I was going to ask you specifically about is like a content upgrade or something like that a good enough incentive? And I guess theoretically, right? If if you If you have the right, customer alignment. And if we go back to the basics that we talked about earlier about understanding your customers, then yeah, you should be able to offer them something that maybe you generally charge for for free, right? As a good incentive. Absolutely. I mean, it took you, whatever it took you, you know, um, certain amount of time, you know, to put it together, to do a research, uh, all of that is very valuable, meaning that you save time, you know, for your customers, like doing that, um, like your content is the key, like that's a monetary value. So go ahead and use it. That's fantastic. I, I love that. Um, and it's it's giving me a lot of really good ideas. A, a few weeks ago, I guess a few weeks ago, as we record this is like several months ago, as it come, as this episode comes out. Mm -hmm. Um I interviewed uh, Louis Nichols from uh, from Spark Loop, and he kind of helped me get my referral rewards aligned for the referral program for my newsletter. Um, and it it sounds like you know this one of the things I'm giving away for say ten referrals might also be a good incentive for a survey, especially if I frame it as, look, it, this either costs a hundred bucks or you need to refer whatever, 10 or 15 people to my newsletter. But if you just take this two minute survey, I'll give it to you for free. Like what's the least amount of work there? Yeah, that that's a great idea right there. Awesome. Um, so let me ask you now, let's, let's turn towards, um, I mean, you work for many chat. I'm familiar with several chat bots and then there's stuff like write message. Um, these kind of, and let me know if I'm mischaracterizing your product, by the way, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not, but I, I've, I suddenly got nervous. Um, these kind of like inline chat modules, right. On, on a website, right. That's one of many chats offerings. Is that accurate? Yeah, I would say that's, um, only a small portion of many chat does basically many chat is a chat platform that allows you to build automation on platforms like Messenger, SMS, and Instagram. 
So uh, imagine... Very true, to, true to the name, I guess, right? There are many ways to chat with many chat. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I would say yeah. many ways to chat, not necessarily with many chat, but there are many ways to chat with your customers. And then there are many ways for your customers, you know, to connect with you as a business. Um, and as a business, I think it's extremely crucial for you to provide these options, you know, for your customers and then be there for them, you know, answering their questions and also from the business perspective, trying to figure out how these conversations can lead to more sales. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think this is a really good thing to talk about too, because I think there's a common misconception um, like the one I just demonstrated, right? Which is like a chat bot is like one of those annoying things that pop up while you're trying to browse the website. That's like, can I help you? But it's, it doesn't necessarily have to be that, right? It's not. Yeah. It's so many cases and implementations. In fact, by the way, even uh, on the website, if done correctly, um, there are a lot of people who don't get the product and service uh, once they get on the landing page. Like, I am sure you experience that as well. When you land on the page, you go through the value prop and you're like, what on earth do they offer? You know, I have no idea. <laughs> or you have any questions. Like, you get yeah. there and you're like, oh, but how do I... And what are the options there, right? Do I need to email and then wait for how long? Or do I need to call a business? Like, thank you, but no thank you. And then there could be this chat, right? Where you can ask your question and get, a, get pretty much instant uh, information that you need. And the interesting fact is, I know that a lot of people are um, worried about how do their how would their clients you know think about the chatbot being you know there and answering all those questions? But there were a lot of interesting surveys that showed that people don't always like talking to people. We get anxious. Like think about you know your last Uber you know drive yeah. where yeah. you didn't want to engage in this conversation, <laughs> right? So when talking to a bot, people feel more relaxed and they can ask questions and they actually prefer that instead of talking to human. Yeah, that's a really good point, right? Because usually it's just about surfacing information that is already out there, right? Like I think that... Um, um, more people are inclined to open up an email form or open up a chat window than to go to the FAQs page and try to figure out, hey, what is what is the thing I'm looking for? Maybe. Yeah, um, because you need so, to go through more steps, yeah. right? Like you need right, to go right, and exactly. find and search, like who has that time? Yeah, and 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 you're talking specifically about bots here, right? I used to have a chat thing on my sales page uh, that would send a message to my Slack. And I just distinctly remember like feeling the pressure of a pre-sales message that I didn't, because I was using the free version, right? I didn't like pay for it. I was using something cheap. And mm -hmm. I was sitting in traffic on my way to a baseball game. And I just like felt like so much pressure to like get this conversation like answered and if I was using a chat bot, like a, like a, a, like a robot, right. That I probably 
smartly programmed to look for keywords, maybe. Um, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have felt that pressure. I would have been able to like be present in the car, A, B, with my family around me, right? Instead of like being like frustrated about the traffic and about like trying to talk to this pre-sales person to try to sell like a $99 product. Oh my God, that's actually the (laughs) biggest, I would say, scenario and value prop and the biggest, you know, response that I uh, hear from our customers is like, is that how much time uh, chatbots save them and automation saves them to spend on things they actually enjoy doing, like running their business. Like it could be creating content, it could be driving, you know. Um, sanely like to uh, your baseball game (laughs) or other things. And yeah, you can set up all of that. So to give you an idea, let's say with Instagram, if you're, let's say all of your community is on Instagram, you have a lot of followers there. I'm sure you're getting a lot of, a lot of DMs on how to do this, how to purchase this, or where can I get this information? And all of that, like you can automate, you can automate your DMs based on keywords so that you can, A, you know, provide the answer right away. So your customers don't wait for the response. Instagram would be very happy that, you know, there is this instant conversation that is happening. So the engagement rate will be higher and then the content that you provide will be seen on a better rate. And then lastly, You can also create it that way that if there is further discussion that is needed, you know, based on the conversation the bot Mm -hmm. had with the customer, you can always get notification and jump in right there and, you know, close the discussion with a personal note or, you know, be there as a real person with your customers. But then all of that FAQs, like things that could be answered without you, they're already answered. This episode is brought to you by Store Builder from Nexus. When it comes to setting up an e-commerce site, you have a choice between easy but limited or a limitless platform that you need to manage yourself. Until now. Store Builder is e-commerce made easy for everybody. It saves you time and delivers a storefront that lets you get to selling. As someone who set up multiple e-commerce sites, I can tell you that Store Builder has been a much easier experience than anything else. Answer a few questions, add your content, and sell. Store Builder was created and is supported by e-commerce experts at Nexus. Get the speed, security, and support you need when you need it. Are you ready to launch your perfect online store? Head over to howibuilt.it slash storebuilder for a special offer. That's howibuilt.it slash storebuilder. To bring this back to the thing that we were talking about, well, for most of the show as we come up on the end here is, um, I guess, do we already need to know our customer or can tools like this help us get to know our customer even more? That's a really good question because personalization through automation and through chatbots is a huge, huge part of it. So to give you an idea um, on a very, you know, simple scenario, let's say you're e-commerce brand and you sell um, dresses, you sell shirts, you you sell jeans, right? And you have a customer who reaches out on DMs and who asks you, like, do you have this latest models 
model of the genes. And then through automation, you can ask them, what types of genes do you have? You know, this, this and that. What size do you have? This, this and that. And like they would answer, what color do you prefer? And so Mm -hmm. you tag all of those answers and then you already know your customers. So you can provide very targeted, you know, either a product or content, you know, to that person. So f- to give you another example, um, if let's say you're a content creator and you create content for uh, people who are try- trying to lose their weight, for example, right? And your programs are different for different ages. Your programs are different for different genders or types of uh, diet preferences like keto, vegetarian, so on and so forth. And you can do the same thing. You can create a questionnaire, like very automated questionnaire where you can ask like, what are you, what is your goal? Like what of type of diet, you know, do you prefer? Mm, so on and so forth. And then based on the answers, you can uh, offer a very personalized product that would address all the needs, you know, of the customers. And then you would have the list of the folks, you know, that follow you and you would know what they need and what they would potentially be interested in the product just through automation. Like I can't imagine other ways, let's say on Instagram to do it without it. Yeah. I mean, like the other way is like almost manual. Right. And again, like um, me just sending out a tweet that's like, what content do you want me to make? Not that doesn't get a lot of engagement. Right. Because now I'm asking you to do my job for me. Um, But if I'm asking these targeted questions, right, like, um, have you struggled with losing weight or, uh, you know, what diets have you tried? Which one worked? Why did you fall off of the last one? Now I can make content that's like how to do keto in a way that sticks or whatever, right? Like, and and now you're creating good content. You have an audience that you know understands it, and you're 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 building. Uh, what's the term? A fly, almost like a flywheel, right? Where you get to know your audience. You get, you create content. You get to know them better. You offer them a better product, et cetera. Exactly. And also to connect it uh, to the conversation that we had at the very beginning in terms of generating leads, you can also, so let's say generate leads after you have this uh, conversation and after you ask those questions. So to give you an example is um, you're running the stories, let's say on Instagram and you say like, hey, DM me the, the word diet and I will send you your personalized diet plan. As easy as that, mm. as that, just one, you know, story. And then your followers go to your direct messages. They send you the word diet. And then there is this personalized questionnaire that is automated where you ask your um, followers like, okay, let's get to know uh, you better so I can build a personalized plan for you. Like, what's your gender? You know, what's your food preferences? Wh- what are your goals? What have you already tried? You know, so you can learn a little bit about your competitors as well. So you get all those questions answered. And then based on those questions, you can say, okay, now it will take me, let's say, I don't know, 
a day or if you have already pre-made, you know, um, time to send you all this information, please provide your first name, last name and email and I will send it to you. And then they pre-submit all this information and then you basically have followers, not just followers, you know, with their avatars, but you have all the information about them and you can communicate with them on other platforms that you own, like on email, on SMS, if you were to ask that. So there is a double benefit right there. Yeah. And that's so important, right? Um, I Well, it feels like forever ago now that Facebook uh, was down for about six hours, right? So anybody who relied on Facebook um, couldn't communicate with their audience if they only relied on Facebook for that amount of time. Um, but if you, if you get people to, to a platform that you own your email or, or text, um, you know, now you're not, you're not out of luck if, if a platform suddenly disappears or is down for, for some amount of time. Um, Absolutely. Or if algorithms change, right. And now your content for some reason is not being showed, you know, uh, even to the followers that you have. Yeah, I mean, I mean that happens on Facebook all the time. Well, mm-hmm. it feels like it happens all the time. But like just recently on Instagram that happened where Instagram was like, "Hey, do you only want to see the people that you follow? Like now you can go to the following list." And I'm like, "I followed these people so that I see that." Like it's so weird that you created a feature based on the main function of what Instagram used to be. Right. Um, and so I, I was like, maybe we've, maybe we've lost, uh, we took our eye off the ball or, or whatever. Uh, we lost the puck, I think is what I was trying to say there. Um, but sorry to bring it back to, I went off on a tangent there. Um, I really like the, the idea of, of DMS. I tested this recently with, uh, tweet Hunter and Twitter where I basically had a tweet and I said, um, you know, reply with uh, yes and I will send you my sponsor outreach email templates. Um, mm-hmm. And so that worked super well, except my problem is that I didn't really do anything with it, right? They they automatically got a DM with a Google Drive folder. Um, the next time I do it though, I, I probably would take your approach where I'm like, hey, there's a lot of ways to make money podcasting DM me and I will, uh, I'll ask you a few questions to get, to give you a personalized recommendation for the best way you can generate revenue with your podcast. And then, like I said, I take those people and now I have a a warm, uh, at least a lukewarm list for uh, like a cohort based course I'm, I'm launching on that exact topic. Yeah, you, you can surely do that. And Another cool thing that you can do is you also have, you know, the list of people that engaged with your automation. So you can follow up then with them within like 24 hours and ask like, hey, like, did you have a chance to, you know, download my, I don't know, ebook that I sent you over email? Or did you have a chance to go ahead and check out my course? Um, and in this way, you basically save yourself a lot of money with, uh, retargeting ads, you know, that you would have run otherwise, because it takes a person a a lot of, you know, touch points with the brand or with content creator 
to uh, eventually convert and you want to make sure, you know, that you're not dropping the ball just with one question, just with one offer, but you basically take that potential customer and push them through, you know, the funnel until that person eventually converts. And you can use automation for that as well. Yeah, I I love that. What a this has been such a fantastic conversation. I think if you have time and build something more, um, I'd love to talk to you about um, maybe how you put this the summit together um, because that's another thing I'm super curious about. I know my members are curious <laughs> about that as well. Um, does that sound good to you? I'd be happy to chat about it. Awesome. Well, if if you are listening and you're not a member. Uh, you can become a member for 50 bucks a year. That's less than five bucks a month, which is less than like the last iced coffee I bought. Um, so you can do that over at the show notes page, which is how I built that. It slash two, seven, eight, become a member of the creator crew for just 50 bucks a year. But uh, Anna, this has been such a fantastic conversation. Um, if people want to learn, well, first let me ask this. If people want to learn more and get started with, um, kind of getting to know their customers and finding leads. What's what's the first thing you recommend doing? Like what's the number one step they should take? First of all, start with what you already have. Uh, as I already mentioned, start with your own audience, start with your own customers and think how can you connect with them so you can get to know them better. That's the first thing. The second thing is, Think of the products and services that you do uh, and go ahead and check out your data, like check out what were the most uh, popular, you know, within your audience, what brought the highest engagement, what brought the highest sales and try to figure out what was the reason for that and how can you replicate that moving forward when you're building new products. So that's, I would say, number one. Once you do that, Try to think based on the existing audience you know that you have where you can find, you know, audience similar to that because you don't want to reinvent the wheel, right? Figure out where your existing audience hang out and go there and hang out with them, you know, be a part of their groups, read their conversations, uh, read their questions, like as I already mentioned, like in the groups, like what they ask, what they want to be answered and think how you can answer it either using content like creation, right? Or through the um, products or services you provide to them. Um, so I think I would pause <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. Do you have any ideas, Joe? Or An I I I think that's great. That makes perfect sense. Especially this is a drum I try to beat pretty often, which is like go to where your audience is. Uh, cause I think a lot of people, you know, again, I come from a, the programming space and people are like, I hate Facebook. I'm not gonna be on Facebook. But like if your audience is on Facebook, then that's kind of where you gotta be, right? Like if I I love Yankee mm -hmm. Stadium, but if if I'm trying to like get people to go to like an off-Broadway play, I'm probably not going to tell them all to come to Yankee Stadium, right? I'm going to go to Broadway and be like, hey, do you like this? Maybe see it for cheaper, right? Because <laughs> I know those people like the theater uh, or or whatever. Maybe I'm, I like both, so I'm an, an, an anomaly. But the point is, 
be where your audience is and provide value for them there. Absolutely. Yeah. And connect with them there, right? Be there for your audience, like talk to them, ask questions, or even further, like once you have that audience, think of the way to create a community place for them so they can hang out, you know, at the space that you control. Like that's another huge, you know, learning that uh, we had at ManyChat where we learned that we have so many customers right now and we uh, created Facebook group for those customers, you know, to be at so they can, A, you know, connect with the brand, but they can also connect with each other. And what eventually happens is, there was a platform, right, where we connected with our audience to figure out, okay, what are the next features do we want to build, you know? And we wouldn't do that without asking that audience. And then the second thing is when our users had very specific questions on how to use the platform, let's say, in a certain geography or in a certain, you know, uh, space that we as a team did not have answers to because we were not experts in that specific geography. There were others, you know, within this like group that helped them, you know, to answer that question. So like creating a community, you know, for your users would also help you a lot with, you know, getting to know them better and also um, like solving a lot of other headaches that you <laughs> will eventually have. Yeah, I love that. I think we'll maybe touch on that and build something more as well because I have a specific question about that for you. But for now, we are coming up on time. Anna, this has been such a great conversation. If people want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn as LinkedIn and just Google my first and last name, Anna Tutka. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions, thoughts, like, I'm happy to have a chat with you and help in any ways I can. Uh, so please reach out. Awesome. And I will link that in the show notes as well. Uh, Anna Tutskia, thanks. Thanks, Tutska, yes. Uh, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Joe. Really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks a lot for inviting me to your show. My pleasure. Thanks so much to everybody listening. If you want to learn more about Anna. If you want to get links for anything we talked about or join the creator crew, you can do that all in one place. And that is over at howibuilt.it slash 278. That's the show notes. Thanks to our sponsors for today's episode. And until next time, get out there and build something.